the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to The Jenna Ellis Show, sponsored by Legacy Precious Metals. There has never been a better time to invest in precious metals. Visit LegacyPMInvestments.com. That's LegacyPMInvestments.com. As a constitutional law attorney, former senior legal advisor and personal counsel to President Donald J. Trump, Jenna Ellis believes in the rule of law and the importance of integrity in our elections. And she's ready to tackle the big cultural and legal issues facing America. This is The Jenna Ellis Show. Here is your host, Jenna Ellis. Happy Wednesday, friends, and welcome to The Jenna Ellis Show. And we have to talk about the Canadian truckers and the Freedom Convoy that is in Ottawa from all sides of Canada. This has been an ongoing story, and it's incredibly amazing to see how these regular people are standing up for freedom and liberty, and they have now caused this worldwide phenomenon uh, that all eyes are on Canada and really pro-trucker, unless you are the petty tyrant that is Justin Trudeau, who I believe is actually hiding in Joe Biden's basement because that's where the petty tyrants go to hide from the populace and uh, the media that they don't want to talk to. Um, this, Unless you are that petty tyrant, then you are really supportive of the Canadian trucker convoy because all they're doing is standing up against these ridiculous mandates and they say that they want freedom and liberty. And speaking of freedom and liberty, friends, the last year, your dollar lost a ton of value and inflation rose by almost 7% in just one month towards the end of the year. This means in 30 days, your dollar became 93 cents. And inflation is definitely a hidden tax that is felt by everyone. And this administration, uh, the Biden administration, is only making it worse. Inflation is not slowing down. It's escalating very quickly. Gold provides a hedge against inflation and can protect your family's wealth. Legacy Precious Metals is the company that I trust for investing in gold and silver. You have to take this seriously because our oil prices are rising. We have a supply chain issues, thus the trucking convoy. And all of this is going to compound our inflation problems. You can trust Legacy Precious Metals because they will give you unbiased counsel on your personal situation to protect your retirement health. Now is the time to be proactive and take steps to protect yourself and your family. So call Legacy Precious Metals today at 866-528-1903. That's 866-528-1903. Or you can download their free investor's guide at LegacyPMInvestments.com. All right, so joining me in just a few minutes to continue talking about this Freedom Convoy in Canada is my good friend Viva Frey, who I actually had the opportunity finally to meet in person at the Project Veritas event uh, in Florida just a couple of weeks ago. And if you're not familiar with Viva, he is an amazing podcaster who is from Canada, and he has been following this Freedom Convoy, but he's also a lawyer out of Canada. So the first time that I became aware of Viva was uh, because he actually did 
did this entire episode breaking down an interview that I did uh, summer of 2020, my first and only appearance on Brian Stelter's CNN show. Yeah, this was the one time they invited me on CNN to match wits with Brian Stelter. And of course, he came unarmed. Um, but he's a potato, so, you know, that's that's to be expected. But Aviva did this entire podcast episode. If you're interested, it's hilarious. And he breaks down this interview because I was on just to talk about, you know, the Trump campaign and stuff that we were doing. And um, Brian decided because it was going so horribly for him and was an utter train wreck and he could not even score one point. He decided to keep me on literally for a quarter of the show. The interview lasted, I think, something like 15 or 16 minutes. I was in one of those TV vans um, out of the side of my, you know, my then apartment. And I was sitting there thinking, this is a really long interview. Or is it just, this is going so horribly for him? It seems like longer to me. And then I got out and realized he had spent an entire quarter of his show trying desperately to make himself look decent. And it was an utter disaster. And it was hilarious. But the greatest thing about it was that I ended the interview because it was Flag Day, which of course is President Trump's birthday, saying, you know, well, thanks for having me on, Brian. And happy birthday to President Trump from CNN. And he got this like really cringy, like, oh no, look on his face. And he just goes, yeah, happy birthday. And what it, it, it was hilarious. And so I have that clip um, in my files just to keep for, you know, yay against the fake news media. But anyway, so Viva, who is a lawyer himself, uh, did this whole entire podcast breaking this down. It was hilarious. Mark Levin did it. I mean, this interview was one that went completely viral. It was trending on Twitter just because of how much a train wreck Mr. Potato Head is. Um, so Viva and I have been friends for a while and I'm so excited to have him on because he has been following this Canadian trucker convoy. And if you haven't heard kind of the background of this and also the GoFundMe uh, situation, this is an ongoing story that I think is, is incredibly remarkable how, uh, without the ability for people like Viva to go and actually be journalists and uh, and and actually see what is on the ground there in Canada who knows what the mainstream media would shield the rest of the world from, right? This is why mainstream media and the establishment legacy media can't be the only outlets and the news sources. That's why I prefer to follow people that I know are telling the truth, um, who, you know, whether or not we agree or disagree on political opinions, if they're showing the truth and they are genuinely conservatives, meaning that they are wanting to conserve freedom and liberty across the world for independent sovereign nations, then we have something in common. So Viva has been on the ground, and uh, this Freedom Convoy has been an ongoing protest um, in Canada against the vaccine requirements, and it started on January 15th, 2022, and now there have been pedestrians that have come out. Um, There has just been this ginormous convoy that has converged into Ottawa, and they're saying that they won't leave until the government... Uh, retracts all of the mandates. So, um, so this was funny. My my director of operations actually putting together a one sheet. So shout out to Micah Bach. Um, you know he's he's been a a great part of my staff. And I asked him to kind of put together you know some of um, just you know a one sheet and uh, for my information about the Freedom Convoy. And the best thing that when he said and I texted him after was he included this little part that said potential government actions, tow the trucks. Uh, the tow trucker said no, starve the protesters of cash and fuel, which apparently is already happening, call in troops, or the final one was 
actually listen to the truckers. And I was just laughing because I thought, well, yeah, that's the obvious government action is actually listen to the people who are protesting. Actually hear what they have to say. Don't be an idiot like Justin Trudeau, who conveniently tested positive for COVID and said, oh, I was exposed and now I'm going to have to quarantine at an undisclosed location. The very day that the truckers were set to actually make it to Ottawa, he is hiding like a whiny little boy at an undisclosed location. And he's coming out now and saying, oh, yeah, well, nobody likes these mandates, but we all have to do this together and we have to follow all of these restrictions so that there aren't any more mandates. Does that even make sense? We have to continue to follow even more restrictions and give up our freedoms in hopes that the government will one day maybe give them back to us. Absolutely not. So I think that is uh, the, the least likely government action, but I love that Micah included it because that's really the obvious response. So we're going to get uh, Viva's perspective on this, but first, I also want to talk about another great American who is the sponsor of this podcast, and that, of course, is my good friend Mike Lindell. He has been canceled out of so many box stores for simply standing up for his own political opinion and disagree or not, uh, or support him or not, it is a fundamental right of every American to be able to voice their opinion, and that absolutely includes politics. That absolutely includes uh, issues that are central to our culture. That includes faith. Uh, Mike is such a very sincere Christian, and I am proud to consider him a friend, and he is, of course, a friend of this show. So right now, there is a special on MyPillow.com. Click on the new radio listener specials. Get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including a great towel set, which is a six-piece set, it includes two bath, two hand towels, two washcloths, made in the USA, regularly $109.99, now just $39.99, but you have to use the promo code Jenna. That's J-E-N-N-A. That tells Mike that you listen to this show. You're happy that he is uh, a sponsor of this show and you will get great, great discounts, but use the promo code Jenna. That's J-E-N-N-A either at MyPillow.com or call 1-800-564-8475 and use the promo code Jenna. So joining me now is my good friend, Viva Freiheit, which I just found out is actually the full last name, which apparently means freedom in German. So coming from Canada, you know, this is a global experience right now because we're bringing in, you know, America, Canada, German, everybody is for freedom. So Viva, thanks so much for joining me. Thank you very much. So the, the Viva Fry is the pseudonym. The full name is David Freiheit. And then I just went with Viva because it was like long live and then Fry. Not for anonymity purposes, I just randomly picked Fry, so stuck with it stubbornly, and uh, it's actually, you know, it, it's proven to be uh, timely and apropos. Yeah, so, so, and Viva is like four, basically, so it's for freedom? Yeah, it was, it, 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 was a, it was a total random thing. The last name has always meant freedom verbatim in German. Um, like in German, Freiheit is, Frei is free, and Heit is the state of being, and so Fahrenheit, for example, Fahren is warmth and height is the state of, so it's, you know, used to measure temperature. But uh, Freiheit, it's a, it's a good name. I, I was a civil litigator as an attorney, so not really applicable to commercial litigation. But in the current era in which we're living, it's, a, it's, it's a, a more applicable. Yes. Well, this is why I just go by the Jenna Ellis show because then I never have to explain any of this. So, uh, but, you know, but if you want to follow David, it is 
at the Viva Frey, which is uh, um, you are prolific on Twitter. You have your podcast. I was talking earlier in the opening about how I actually became acquainted with you because you did this entire breakdown of Brian Stetler, not Stelter. He will always be Stetler <laughs> because of this podcast. And it was an amazing thing. And I was like, oh, he's a lawyer and he's breaking this down. And it was hilarious to me. And so I followed you ever since. The, the, the Brian Stetler, and if, if, if the Stetler started off as an honest mistake, and then it just became ingrained in my head, and I'm sure I could unlearn it, but it, it became a gag on the channel. People call him worse, so I think you know the, the the inverting of the T and the L is not the worst thing to happen to Brian. This yeah, week. no, uh, most people on Twitter, and I am one of them, call him a potato, which I think is. <laughs> aptly deserved and then of course when he roasts himself he becomes the roasted potato and uh you know and then and i love actually tweeting to him and tweet responses all of the mr potato head uh gifts from toy story because there are so many that are hilarious that are absolutely apropos to everything that he's stupidly tweeting so it's it's great and this is one of the things that i love about twitter is that you can do stuff like that and it's hilarious but um but anyway so um so viva david um so so we'll just go, David. Uh, so you have been part of this freedom convoy in terms of going and actually uh, being on the ground, talking to people, getting some great footage. And this is a story that has really captured the attention and imagination of the world because here is this the largest uh, trucking convoy, I think, ever that is now converging upon Ottawa to say, we are done with these restrictions. We are for freedom and liberty. This is Canada. And... You know, whiny little Justin Trudeau is hiding out in Joe Biden's basement because they're, you know, the petty little tyrants together. And so what have you experienced on the ground compared to what mainstream media is trying to shape this as? Because this is hilarious to me that people now honking is actual violence, according to some people on Twitter. So this thing, I have nothing formally to do with the convoy. Everybody knows my, my I guess, political beliefs, political aspirations. I, I recently ran for office uh, because I was so fed up with what the liberal government, you know, with, with the help of the alleged conservative government, with the help of the other federal governments were doing to Canada. I said I had to run for office. I got destroyed because my district always goes liberal, you know, by like 50 plus percent. So... At least I made it's like my, my California here. Yeah, no, no, it, it's 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 amazing because it reflexively vote liberal and 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 I say reflexively because it doesn't matter. Nothing has changed since the last election, despite the pandemic and the fact that everyone voted in the same proportions for the same parties. It goes for all parties, but so I, I'm I'm freedom oriented, but I have nothing to do with this convoy. I was actually sort of largely unaware of what was going on because, like, I do I do my vlogs, I do my channel, and I just heard about it maybe three weeks before it started and didn't know what it was. According to the news, it didn't exist. And then according to the news, oh, there's a small convoy driving from two places in British Columbia and they're protesting road conditions. And then people tell me, it's like, no, no, this is a big deal. There's thousands of trucks joining a convoy to Ottawa. And then as that news started picking up and the CBC, state-funded CBC, Canada Broadcasting Corporation, they could no longer hide it. They then stealth edit the original article, which referred to it as a, a couple hundred trucks driving from Surrey to Vancouver. They then say, oh, yeah, this is not the same convoy as the one going from Ottawa, uh, from British Columbia to Ottawa. And then it becomes an undeniable story because you start seeing videos of people on overpasses waving flags and cheering on the convoy. You start hearing that every trucker from across the country now 
exaggerating, but a lot are joining this convoy. It's thousands and thousands of trucks long. It's blocking the highways because they're driving at the lawful speed limit, but, you know, causing a little traffic. Then it reaches Ottawa. And after they try to ignore, then minimize, then demonize, uh, they, you know, they go into full mode of this is going to be January 6th. These are extremists. These are Nazis, um, misogynists, anti, literally Trudeau said anti-black racist, misogynist, transphobic people showing up to overthrow the government. And I was like, from what I'm being told from the media and from what I'm seeing from people who I know and trust on the ground, I was like, these are these these two descriptions of the same event are irreconcilable. I've got to go down and see for myself. And after meeting you, James O'Keefe and everybody the Saturday in Florida, we get back to Montreal Sunday. I would have driven that night, but I might have caused some problems with the family. Uh, so I went down the Monday and it, it's it's polar opposite between what the media is saying and what was going on. They were honking their horns and loud. Uh, but it was, if not the most peaceful party you've ever seen, perhaps the most peaceful party. Uh, yeah, they were shoveling the sidewalk. From a lot of the video, because, I mean, you know, and I've been to, uh, you know, a lot of the outdoor Christmas markets, for example, you know, that we have anywhere from Denver to Germany, you know, to, uh, to everywhere else across the world. And this almost seems like one of those where people are just, you know, waving flags, they're cheering, they're laughing, there's music. Um, you know, there's food that people are bringing. This doesn't seem like, you know, the violent uh, BLM, you know, racist sort of protest that people are at riots at all that the mainstream media is trying to portray. It, I mean, exactly. But times 10, the, the, the horns were honking so loud. Yes, that was probably very distracting for a good few days. But I asked people on the street and they said the horns stopped honking typically between 10 in the evening and 8 in the morning. It started early, but they stopped. Others said they went through the night. And so that fine, you can imagine that hassle. But the, the protesters were literally shoveling the snow off the sidewalks. They were salting the walkway on the war memorial. Their, their vandalism consisted of hanging Bristol boards uh, signs on the fence in front of Parliament. Uh, their vandalism, alleged vandalism, consisted of putting a Canadian flag on a stick in the hand of the Terry Fox monument in Parliament. For those of you who don't know who Terry Fox was, um, iconic Canadian diagnosed with cancer, started running across the country and, uh, you know, galvanized a movement back in the day. The, the vandalism of the Terry Fox statue consisted of a Canadian flag in his hand and a banner on his chest that said freedom. Compare that to the vandalism of actual statues or actual vandalism of statues that occurred even in, in Montreal, in my hometown last summer, where they tore down the statues physically and they still haven't been replaced. Um, the alleged desecration of the war memorial consisted of an image of what appeared to be urine in the snow next to the memorial. Whether it was human or animal, nobody even knows. So I said, I, I'm seeing all these reports of the news, Nazi flags, Confederate flags, defacing monuments. I had to go down. Absolutely none of it. But I was, I was, you know, live streaming at my own risk in a sense that I was going live, could not edit in or out anything favorable or unfavorable. And I was just going around, I was like, look at this. The snow around the monument is white. The Terry Fox statue is intact and has flowers on it. The alleged vandalism, non-existent. And I asked cops. I asked, has there been anything bad? Has there been any vandalism? At one point, one of the cops said yes. At the Senate building across the street, it's been vandalized. I went across the street in real time. There was no vandalism there. 
I asked another cop, like, has anyone done anything bad? He says, oh, yeah, there was, there was a broken window, uh, the, a window that was broken, but it wasn't actually done by the convoy. And he was saying it tongue in cheek because I got the impression he might have been on the side of, you know, supporting the convoy. The, the media representation has been nothing short of the most in your face uh, misrepresentation, demonizing, defamation, slander, whatever you want to call it. Of a, of a group of the most peaceful, law-abiding protesters the world has ever seen, full stop. Wow. And, you know, and, and the honking reminds me of, like, have people never been to New York City? That doesn't stop between, you know, 10 p.m. and 8 a.m. And so if that's actual vandalism, then New York City should cease to exist because that, I mean, I've stayed in Times Square. I've stayed in downtown. You hear that all through the night. So, I mean, people and, and people, that's just part of life. And so this stark difference between what the mainstream media is saying and what is actually happening is why this type of live, unedited, raw footage is so important to getting out the truth. And so uh, are you experiencing the same kind of manipulation on the establishment media in Canada that, of course, is going on in the United States for people who are so sick of the Brian Stetlers and, you know, the MSNBC and the legacy media that wants to shape this in the U.S. Is that also going on in Canada? You know, you mentioned um, some of the Canadian run uh, channels there, but what about independent media? Is there anything else comparable that's actually getting the truth out or is it just up to independent, uh, really photojournalists like yourself? There, there are two independent, I will give two in particular, but there might be more. The, the, the rebel news is demonized by the mainstream media because they don't take government subsidies and they uh, are a very critical news outlet. Uh, so they're demonized and called right-wing propagandists, whatever, by the mainstream media. Rebel News, Ezra Levant, the entire team there, uh, True North, the post-millennial, they get the stories out that are not being covered by the CBC, Radio-Canada, CTV, Global News. And, and your viewers should understand that the corruption, the insidious corruption of the mainstream media in Canada it's beyond uh, government subsidies. There's a, um, it's called the Canada Broadcasting Act, which governs and allows for the subsidizing of CBC. Oh, it's called the Broadcasting Act, sorry. It allows for the subsidizing of the CBC and Radio Canada to the tune of a billion dollars a year. The argument is that that's a federal law. Whichever party is in power will subsidize those two outlets uh, accordingly. The flip side is, though, one party had at one point talked about defunding the CBC, probably because of this uh, corruption that necessarily occurs. So you have the CBC in, implicitly favoring the party that's currently in power that doesn't want to uh, defund them to the detriment of the opposing party that does. And the CBC itself had sued the conservative government in the last election, took an injunction against them to get the, um, the conservative party to not use CBC news clips in their political advertising. So you have the state-funded media suing the political party of, of you know, one of their political parties who is floating the idea of defunding the CBC for use of their government-subsidized and produced content in a political ad, whereas they did not do the same thing with the liberal media. But it's not just the subsidy in virtue of this law. Justin Trudeau, three years ago, maybe, might be more, four years ago, provided a $600 million bailout to whichever outlets extended their hands. And so that, you know, if it didn't buy off the media, it certainly incentivized them to be, you know, more favorable to the government that's feeding them. And in the context of COVID, you got the federal government spending 
88, 90 million dollars on COVID ads. And you got the provincial governments spending hundreds of millions of dollars on COVID ads. Again, buying ads on these flailing legacy media outlets. So it's like a three prong layer corruption of the media. There is not one mainstream legacy media outlet in Canada that really reports fairly, with the exception, perhaps, of the National Post. All the rest, it's it's propaganda beyond what you can possibly imagine. It's partisan reporting beyond what you can possibly imagine. It's nothing shy of modern Pravda, except if you get a, you get a stink eye if you call them that. The CBC, for example, they're they're at the they're at the protests. They go around looking for the most vulnerable. Um, you know, the, the people who will represent the convoy the least favorably to single them out and interview them and then run with that as though that represents the convoy. They're going to walk around looking for the one incident of a broken window, urine in the snow, the one lone swastika flag or Confederate flag, snap a picture of it and then blast it out so that they paint this entire convoy as being racists or anti-Semites. The politicians then retweet and requote that fake news. And it's like, it's like the Nancy Pelosi wrap-up smear of the fake news uh, variety. So it's, it's over the top. The corruption total, is over the top. A total and false light. Yeah, that's... It's, it's, it's over the top, and people, I think, now, or anyone who has their minds remotely open are realizing it, because it's never been as bad as it's been for this particular convoy. Wow. And so this is why this is actually making headway then, and maybe will be the tipping point to enlighten people as to the uh, disparate nature of reality versus the fiction and the propaganda that the mainstream media is putting forward. So how do you see this uh, moving forward in the next, you know, coming days and weeks? Because the convoy is saying that they're going to stay there until the government hears them and until these mandates end. And yet um, Justin Trudeau was out even just today saying, you know, well, we have to comply with these restrictions so that there aren't more mandates and talking around in circles and really not at all listening. And he is too much of a wimp to actually go out and address these people and talk to them directly. And um, so, I mean, have any of the members of parliament or anyone else representing Canadian government that you're aware of actually gone and interacted with these people? That I'm aware of. Uh, not directly. I think at one point, a conservative MP who now is the aspiring, he's running for the, the leader of the party because O'Toole stepped down, a guy named Pierre Poilievre, who generally speaking has been pretty outspoken uh, and critical of the liberal government, unlike the former leader O'Toole, who I think was a, a liberal operative, but that's a joke, but my goodness was he, should never have been the leader of the party. Uh, the leader of the conservative party was ousted, Pierre Poilievre has been somewhat outspoken supporting this. Candice Bergen, who's the interim leader, has been somewhat outspoken supporting this. And there was a liberal MP from Quebec who recently spoke out against Trudeau. His name is Lightbound. I forget his first name. Um, gave a good speech, except the first minute and 45 seconds of his speech was fake news drivel to the effect that oh, we've seen swastikas and, and this, this, this convoy represents intolerance that has to be condemned. Anybody saying that is lying. They're either lying or they're ill-informed, period, full stop. Um, but not very many politicians have come out to support it. Uh, and you call him a coward. I mean, it's, he's a tyrant because the tyrants can never face a united people. And so, yeah, like a tyrannical coward, he, flee, he flees, tail between his legs, his front steps, his own office, goes into hiding and then just you know, sends out mean tweets about the convoy that he can't address. He, he put out a tweet, Jenna. It said it referred to the convoy as anti-black racist, anti-Semitic, 
uh, I believe he said misogynist, and he said transphobic. And now, I hate these labels. I hate identity politics because it, it, even the accusations, you know, in in a way, compel the people who who are being accused of going and saying, "Look, we're not transphobic." I interviewed a trans individual at the at the who supported the convoy. I literally interviewed a trans individual who had the trans flag on her back uh, on on their. I didn't actually ask any of those questions, but on their back, uh, identified as trans, was wearing the flag, was supporting the convoy, and and ironically enough, said that they got harassed not by anyone in the convoy, but by the counter protesters who were counter protesting the convoy who thought this individual was an ally, and the second they saw the person cross over to join the convoy, started hurling verbal assaults and even tugged at the, the flag on, on their neck. Um, I interviewed countless black individuals. Uh, um, an individual from Kuwait who fled Kuwait because of the tyrannical government said, he, you know, 30 years, it's been beautiful here, and now he's seeing under the Trudeau government what he fled in Kuwait. Uh, I, I interviewed indigenous people who were coming from Saskatchewan to support the uh, the movement. To call them these names, it's it's just it's it's uh, what is it? It's insult to injury because Trudeau has spent the last two years injuring Canadians to the point where the working class backbone of Canada have had no choice but to say that we're going to sit here for as long as it takes because we have nothing left to be taken from us. And then he goes out and demonizes them, calls them all sorts of names. It's just it's atrocious. But I think it, people it are finally and starting so to realize. it's completely false. And, and the way that they're doing this is the exact same way that the Democrat Party, I mean, for people who are listening, you know, who are here in America and think this is just a Democrat versus Republican problem. No, this is an ideological problem that's, that absolutely spans worldwide when you get this sort of um, identity politics narrative that the reason that they're doing this is because obviously Justin Trudeau and you know anyone here in the United States, obviously the Democrats, don't want to actually address the arguments on the merits. They don't want to say, okay, what is the this Freedom Convoy actually about? What is their argument? What is our response? And actually having that legitimate political discourse, right? And that's what um, even here in the U.S., I mean, the, the GOP got totally slammed for calling, you know, even some objections to our elections a legitimate political discourse. And of course, the immediate backlash was saying, oh, well, you know, you're encouraging violence and this was about the insurrection and, you know, all this other stuff that clearly was not how that was referenced at all. But if you start calling people names like, you know, racist and transphobe and bigot and you know, supremacist and Nazi and, and all of these other things, then it does. It, it The kind of the knee-jerk reaction is to say, no, 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 wait, I'm not all of those things. And I wish that people would stop having to, to either be an, an apologist by saying, no, 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 let me prove that I'm not, and, and rather just ignore that because they have absolutely no proof of that allegation. And so why even defend yourself? Why not say, that's a diversion tactic. We want to talk about the merit of why we're actually here and what we do stand for instead of allowing this distraction to become the mainstream media narrative because then that does actually successfully paint them as some kind of label in identity politics. And that is profoundly disgusting. It is atrocious. And it's also not helping any sort of legitimate political discourse. Wait, no, you're right. I mean, it does, it diverges, it diverts the discussion. And then the discussion becomes around defending yourself against uh, accusations for which the accusation is itself the the, the weapon. Uh, I, I sort of regress to, uh, uh, I, I know you are, but what am I? Or what we say on the channel, confession through projection, because it is, it's the ultimate irony. 
that the people calling the convoy intolerant extremists literally will verbally assault, dox, harass anybody within their ranks who they discover to be traitorous. Justin Trudeau, the guy who's calling other people racist, has more images of him doing that which he would qualify as racist than anyone else out there. The guy calling people misogynists was accused of having groped a reporter and admits that he apologized to the reporter behind the groping claim. He he fired his, his minister of justice and attorney general. Uh, her name was Jody Wilson-Raybould. When he hired her, he touted it as his own act of salvation. He hired the first female indigenous MOJAG, is our acronym. Then he fired her because she wouldn't adhere to his corrupt demands not to uh, prosecute, to, to not prosecute a company that he was very cozy with. Uh, she was the Minister of Justice and Attorney General saying, I do not want to enter into a deferred prosecution agreement settlement with this company. I want to prosecute. He interfered, pressured her, said, don't prosecute them. And when she said, I'm doing it anyhow, he demoted her. This is the guy who is guilty of every accusation he's leveled against anyone out there, guilty of all of those things. So I call him out on it, and then we move on to the substance, which is we've lived under two years of a tyrannical regime that has, if if anyone's guilty of desecrating anything, they have desecrated what ought to have been our constitutional rights through willy-nilly fiats that they've been issuing you know, by licking their finger and seeing which way the wind was blowing. Mm-hmm. And so well said. And so where do you think this is going and where will it ultimately end? Do you think that the, the truckers and the convoy will be successful in at least uh, putting pressure on Justin Trudeau to walk back some of these mandates or what will ultimately be the tipping point? So this is the issue also. We have a similar system to the states where we have a federal system and then a provincial system. So sort of states versus federal government. Um, We're seeing the whether or not it's causally related. A number of the provinces are walking back their provincial mandates because there's only one federal mandate that I'm familiar with. And it's the restriction on air travel and train travel if you're not fully vaccinated 13 years and over. That's being challenged in court by actually the last living uh, drafter of our constitution, uh, Brian Peckford, uh, Newfoundland oh. MP. So that's being challenged in court. That's amazing. I mean, that would be the same thing as if James Madison himself were in court right now trying to defend our rights in the United States. That's actually amazing. Oh, and I wish that we had, you know, we, we were of the same uh, ability here in the United States to have one of our founders actually go in and argue that. That's oh, amazing. It, it'd be like James Madison saying, no, Democrats, that's not what high crimes and misdemeanors means. And yes. you're bastardizing the very document you see you purport to be defending. So so Peckford's suing, all of these mandates in my mind have been unconstitutional because they, they, other than the fact that they've never been passed by, you know, bona fide legislative process, even if they had been, I don't think they meet the criteria necessary to violate our, our core rights. But setting that aside, so there's only one federal mandate. Uh, the other ones are provincial mandates and the provinces have started rolling them back. Uh, Quebec is rolling back all of its restrictions as of March 14th, save and except for the one that I find most shocking, the vaccine passport. Uh, Some of the other provinces are doing the same thing. So what's going to happen here? I predicted it uh, maybe a week and a half ago. Uh, There's going to be behind the scenes uh, winking of an eye among the politicians and their appointed medical experts. Hey, better change the science now so that you make recommendations that I can then rely on to say I'm following the science and not bowing to the pressure of the convoy. That's going to be the saving ego way of getting out of this. And I think that's the way it's going to go. But it's got to be all of it because these truckers are not going anywhere. And, and 
it's just the game. The government has to concede without looking like they're they're caving to the pressure. And so the only way to do that is to nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Hey, medical experts, give me something that I can use now to invoke to save my own my own pride. Concede, but not because of, despite of. Right. It has to be their own idea. And hey, we were going to do this anyway. And we're not actually listening to the convoy because they don't want to set that precedent, which is so typical for the petty tyrants, hey, right? Children, and they're never like going to admit they were wrong. Yeah. No, I mean, I say like, it, it is like, like the way you, you negotiate with a child is you have to let them think they won. But uh, the, the <laughs> other thing is here. Man, but yeah. <laughs> no, I, I think at this point, uh, the, the, I think depends how stubborn the truckers get, but it, it might be a question of you will admit that you are doing this as, as a settlement tactic. But my, my bottom line, what's going to happen in all this, what happened to Aaron O'Toole got it ousted from the conservative party. There will be internal fighting within the liberal party. Justin Trudeau will be outed. And within the NDP, the new democratic party, uh, Jagmeet Singh, the leader of that party who has been perhaps tied with Justin Trudeau in spouting off the most divisive and hateful things about Canadians. He's going to get ousted too, because these leaders are toxic and when it becomes politically advantageous to recognize them as toxic and oust them, that's when the infighting with the parties is going to do that. That's coming sooner than later. That's my personal prediction as well. Wow. This, well, this is fascinating. And where can people continue to, uh, to listen to you and to get these updates? I definitely want to bring you back on um, anytime as these developments happen. And obviously, all eyes are on Canada right now and spurring on the, uh, the truckers. Obviously, I mean, we don't have time. We'll have to talk about the, uh, the GoFundMe um, yeah. issue later. I think that's fascinating. And that's a whole other legal problem as well for GoFundMe as an entity. But, um, but definitely, where can people find you to get caught up? I know you said you're going uh, back tomorrow yep. and uh, to listen to your podcast, to listen to all of your great analysis on this. So the, the one thing, just to give credit where credit's due, Give, Send, Go has now yes. stepped up and, and taken, taken the bat from GoFundMe, which should be bankrupted, in my, in my personal opinion, but setting that aside, Give, Send, Go has stepped up to, to the call. Uh, where can people find me? My YouTube channel is Viva Fry, just V-I-V-A-F-R-E-I. Twitter, uh, I recently got verified, which I, I never cared about that blue check mark. I just wanted to dilute the madness coming from the aggregate blue check mark crowd, and so I'm, I'm happy there. And you can uh, pierce through some of the noise with the blue check, so it's advantageous in that way. Welcome to the club. <laughs> well, and that, and, <laughs> and I don't have want actually, people... you know, good people as the blue checks do. There, there are there are quite a few. I follow a lot of them as well. It's also good to I, people were getting spam fake accounts about you know me suggesting to buy Bitcoin. So at least now I have that protection. But on Twitter, it's the Viva Fry because this other guy who has Viva Fry has he had that handle before me and uh Instagram Viva Fry but Robert Barnes and I Robert Barnes everyone knows Barnes world-class American civil rights attorney we've got a locals community which is phenomenal as well vivabarneslaw.locals.com but I'll be back in Ottawa definitely before the end of the week so people can see my live streams on my channel on Rumble Viva Fry and on YouTube Viva Fry Excellent. Well, Godspeed to you, and uh, we'll look forward to hearing all of your analysis and everything from the ground. So thanks so much for joining me, and it was such a pleasure to finally meet you in person uh, at the Project Veritas event. So hopefully you'll be stateside soon, or you know, maybe when uh, all of this mess ends, I can actually visit Canada again. I've been up to Banff. I love it. I've been a few places in Canada. It's a beautiful country, um, and so I hope that this is successful and that the government finally realizes that it needs to protect uh, the rights of the individual and not be the petty tyrants that they are. 
If you cannot manage a crisis while respecting constitutional rights, you're doing it wrong, period. Absolutely. Absolutely. David, thanks so much. My pleasure. Well, so many things going on across the world that we are paying attention to. And that actually surprised me that uh, that Viva was saying, and I call him Viva because that's, you know, that's David is actually his name, but, uh, but what Viva was saying about ousting uh, Justin Trudeau. And, um, you know, and I want to definitely have him back on if and when that happens. I hope that's sooner rather than later, because that will be another shot heard around the world to say, hey, listen, petty tyrants. You will be ousted when it becomes popular and when it becomes obvious that you are not respecting the rights of the people. And this is why media and especially independent media is such an incredibly important tool. And that's why our founders uh, created the protections and made sure to say that the right of an independent freedom of the press is so important because if we can speak together about truth and exercise our first freedoms, which of course are freedom of speech, freedom of association, free exercise of religion, but then we can't broadcast that anywhere. And the press is simply controlled by the government. And we have to speak together about truth very quietly. And, you know, maybe in the doors of churches or in the catacombs, like the early church, right? Because it's not uh, popular and it's not protected, then we don't have the ability to get out the truth to the masses. And so freedom of the press is so important. Uh, That's what I was speaking about at the Project Veritas event. That's why people like James O'Keefe are so important and what he's doing. That's why people like uh, David are so important in what they're doing. That's why independent uh, people like Joe Rogan even. I mean, look at how incredibly divisive this guy has become when he's been a podcaster for a long time. And he's just... Uh, you know, he's just actually having these conversations with people that disagree with the popular regime's narrative. And he had an amazing Instagram response just going, you know, listen, guys, I'm not saying I agree or disagree with people's opinions. I just want to hear them. I want to know what they have to say so that I can make an informed decision. That's exactly what everybody wants. We don't want to be fed a line from the regime, from the petty tyrants and told, This is what you have to believe and you have to do X because we say Y and because we say that the data shows or we say that this is what the science is. No, we are adults who have rights, freedoms, and liberties that are God-given, that our government is obligated to preserve and protect, and it is our informed decision of how we exercise our rights and what we comply with in terms of these so-called health and safety measures. And so I think we're seeing this kind of resurgence and revolution across the world saying we are done with the petty tyranny. So it's going to be fascinating what happens in Canada with the Freedom Convoy, what happens here in the United States, as we're seeing even today, New York uh, Governor Kathy Hochul, who said, okay, we are ending indoor mask mandates uh, starting apparently tomorrow, not for schools, because for some reason, the least at-risk demographic of kids still has to wear a mask. It's absolutely absurd, and it's child abuse. But uh, now Kathy Hochul and a bunch of other blue states are saying we are going to get rid of the indoor masks. Well, why? Their narrative is changing. And like what Viva said, this isn't because of uh, the actual science. It's because now the doctors that provide the cover for the petty tyrants to say this is what we're doing on the basis of quote unquote the science, that's now going to change so that they can save face 
and they can they can have cover, which is ironic, right? When we're talking about masks, um, that they can say face and say, oh, this is what the science shows. So you have doctors here in the United States like uh, Lena Wynn. You all know Dr. Lena Wynn because she was the former director for like two seconds of Planned Parenthood, who made a couple of awful mistakes when she was representing so-called uh, abortion rights or just you know the um, the whole abortion industry. And so she's now just become a mouthpiece for the radical left. And she went on this Twitter uh, thread yesterday saying there used to be two camps of people, people who were for all of the restrictions and people who were against the restrictions. Now there's actually three camps, people who were for the restrictions originally, but now people who understand that the restrictions aren't really necessary. Well, guess what? There have always been three camps. But then she goes on to even say further, and this is what was amazing about the shift in narrative. She went on to say in that same thread, now we see that one-way masking, like an individual person choosing to put on a mask, one-way masking is now for that individual's personal safety. So it's only protection for the person who's wearing it. Well, guess who was saying that for the last two years? Yeah, all the conservatives. We've all been saying this is a personal decision and a mask, if anything, only protects the wearer, but it needs to be a personal decision. And if people don't want to wear masks, they shouldn't be forced to. There's no data that says that especially things that are not even to the level of N95, like these cloth masks that everybody wears on airplanes, that they're doing any good anyway. You know, and then you have the government who's saying uh, here in the United States that's saying we're going to spend, you know, close to what, $30 million or more on government funded crack pipes. I mean, I never thought I would have to say this, but probably not the best use of government resources to enable drug users to have paraphernalia that otherwise even the mere possession of by an average ordinary citizen is at least a misdemeanor in every state. I mean, this is just insane. And so I'm waiting for the FAA to issue a rule that says, okay, so you have to replace your mask on a flight in between bites, sips, and hits from your crack pipe. That's what's coming probably from the FAA. I mean, this is absolutely insane, crazy town. And this is why we're seeing that the regime is having to change their narrative, not because it actually matches the science, but because science is now going to catch up with what we all know based on freedom of information, freedom of the press, all of these independent journalists and independent commentators and people who just want to have free discourse, free exchange of ideas. What we've always known, now the narrative has to catch up to that because guess what? Midterms are right around the corner. Democrats know that the polling is failing. The Biden administration is failing and they know they are on a sinking ship. So they are having to turn this around and manufacture the narrative to catch up and make it their own idea. All right, well, friends, I am officially inviting you to join me and over 2 million other active AMAC members nationwide who have made AMAC America's largest organization for conservative seniors. You know that I have fought hard for the integrity in our elections and also for our American values, for freedom. Well, AMAC shares our concerns, and I am grateful that they are a sponsor of my show because AMAC's message is very simple. You are not alone, but make no mistake, many battles lie ahead, so it's more important than ever that you add your name to AMAC's membership roster. I'm personally urging you to choose AMAC now. You not only get great membership benefits, including AMAC discounts on your hotels, travels, and restaurants, but at the same time, 
your membership will support your American values. So go to amac.us forward slash Ellis today to start your discounts. That's amac.us forward slash Ellis to become an AMAC member. They need you and America needs AMAC. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.